0: Daquan Finn is just as exciting as the numbers say, but don't take my word for it. Let's talk to someone who's watched him over the last three years. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Locked on Baylor. I am your host, Cam Stewart. And of course, to bring in all the intel on Toledo quarterback Daquan Finn, I have done the only sensible thing, and I have gotten the host of Locked on Gators, Mr. Brandon Olson, to bring us the intel. But Brandon, you do have so- kind of a tie to to Daquan Finn and Toledo, right?
1: Yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit. Went to Toledo myself. Oh, there you go. There uh, you so go. yeah, I, I was there in the Kareem Hunt days. That was that that was when I got to go. Something storm to brag field. about. Yeah, storm the field, got to watch them beat Arkansas, which is a really fun one. Just want to bring that one up. <laughs> that wouldn't have
0: flown. That wouldn't have flown very well with some former Locked On Baylor podcast hosts and Locked On College Football <laughs> Live hosts now. Uh, but talking about DaQuan Fitz, you've obviously seen a lot of them. You still follow your alma mater. You watch all the games and. As soon as I had tweeted out uh, a, a video about Daquan Finn, which I've just realized I've been saying wrong as Daquan the whole time, Daquan Finn, uh, the first one you were like, You're got, you got guys are going to want this guy. You're going to want him. When he entered the transfer portal uh, earlier this month, just about one, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, um,
1: were you thinking, power five, this kid's going right to the moon? Yeah, uh, absolutely. When, when Daquan Finn hit the portal, my immediate thought was this is one of those instances which is becoming increasingly more common where you look at a, a Group of Five kid, an FCS kid, an Ivy League, whatever it might be, and they're looking to take the next step up and show NFL teams what they can do against higher competition. And once Finn hit the portal, that was my, my, that was my immediate thought because he's been so good for a few years now. It's not like he has anybody you know breathing down his neck for a starting quarterback job it's strictly go to the next level probably probably bump his nil up a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, but but go to the power five level bump up his nil and try to show some nfl teams what he can do because uh, i'll be honest i love him i don't think he's shown nfl teams that he's an nfl player yet so i think that that's a big selling point for him is to kind of prove like, hey, you know, I'm not just doing this in maxion. Like I can yeah, do this yeah. at the higher level as well. And this, this does feel like the good
0: side of the transfer portal. Like there's so much bad to it. And, and even schools like Baylor that are obviously power five, but on the lower level in terms of size and resources, there's a lot of bad that comes out, but this is what should be the positive. You know, he doesn't leave Toledo as a sophomore. He, he, he develops there. He gives them three seasons. He has a degree from Toledo, and now he's going to go play one year somewhere else. Is is this kind of the good side of the transfer portal coming out with the kid who has developed at a lower level and can now hopefully start at a at a power five level?
1: Yeah, this is exactly what what I think it, it was intended to be for. That the transfer portal is like guys, like I, I'm I'm a Florida fan, Florida mm-hmm. host, like. I've seen Osiris Torrance go from Louisiana to Florida, have an all American year and go be a second round pick in the NFL draft. And it's like, that's what it's for. Because if you dominate Louisiana players, they're going to be like, okay, you did it against the Sun Belt. Now you're going to be going up against NFL, like grown men strength players. And for Daquan Finn specifically, I think when you look at what he's going to be facing at the big 12, it's going to be a lot more uh, complex defensively than we've seen yeah yeah much much better defense than we've seen in the mac which no knock on the mac obviously but i think that taking that next step to big 12 is really what we're looking for and that's again what the transfer portal was meant for like you can take it next step. he's just he was at Toledo for five years dude like this yeah. isn't one of those cases where we're ever going to be like ah the transfer portal is killing college football right you they're know. just poaching the little guys yeah yeah he was there for five years uh I think it was redshirt his first year then COVID year and then starter the past three years uh so this is just it was his time to go I, I don't really know another dominant year in the MAC. Making a Mac Championship game and being Mac offensive player that doesn't do much for your NFL stock. I, I think that he's looking with this, looking at this with with a kind of foresight into what he can be in the future.
0: Sure, and, and talk about that player profile a little bit. We kn- we know he's a dual threat guy. Sometimes that gets thrown around a little too much these days. I, I saw we talked about Malik Murphy on the show last week, and I saw a lot of people thinking he's a dual threat guy. He's not, but with the numbers from DaQuan Finn, that certainly seems to be the case for him so tell me a little bit about the quarterback profile on Daquan Finn
1: yeah I think he's one of those guys that you genuinely call a dual threat it's not like oh he he's got a big arm and and if you're playing very far off coverage he can make you pay a little bit or anything like that I think he's genuinely someone who you have to respect both his arm and his legs he's proven that time and time again I think the biggest thing I maybe hate about his play is that He's, he's a bit riskier than I like to okay. think of as a quarterback. And it's not that they're bad throws. It's like if you can make it, you can make it. I just think that he he tends to think like, I can do it on where <laughs> You probably shouldn't test that because I don't think he has otherworldly arm strength at all. I think he's okay. perfectly passable there. But uh, again, not he's not Josh Allen out here. But I do think that one thing is he had the benefit of playing behind the best offensive line in the MAC in Toledo. It's not even... Not even close, really. Like They genuinely put out kind of a power five quality offensive line. You look at some of the players. Texas Tech just took uh, Toledo's starting guard. Well, power five quality offensive line. You know what that says to me,
0: Brandon? That better means it's Baylor. better than Baylor's offensive line. <laughs> I'm wor- Now you're worrying me. Now, now you're worrying me a little bit. Do you think he could hold up behind an offensive line that hopefully is a little bit better than this year, which was worse than the Big 12?
1: yeah uh, I think it's hard to be worse, right like you have to yeah, say, oh yeah I it's don't. gonna be better than it was this year, but I do think he can. I think that yeah. his skill set allows him to be one of those players where you can have a little bit of a worse offensive line and the pressure numbers still might be high, but he's able to escape pressure with some of the best in college football right now he he just has such a skill for extending a play with his legs when he needs to uh one thing he does well that i I think I think a lot of people don't don't give a damn about is uh. He throws the ball away when there's nothing there. Oh, and I love somewhere. that. Yeah, I that's something where that. people are going to be annoyed at. Why would you throw it away? Try to make a play. You're, you're athletic. Try to make a play. But if there's nothing there, like, I'll take an incompletion as opposed to a negative play any any day of the week. So I think that he does that very well. But I think that he has the ability to make an offensive line look better. Like, you're going to see oh, less sacks, and you're going to go, oh, my God, the offensive line got so much better. Pressures might be the exact same, but but he just does a good job of evading sacks there. And I think that he really helps an offensive line. And even in the run game, he's legitimately a rushing threat. He had, I think it was like over 30% of his yards were just on long runs on their own. So I think that him being a rushing threat means that you kind of have to respect the zone read more than most teams have to. And it makes your offensive line's job easier, makes your running back's job easier. So I think that he's one of those players. Who are obviously, I'm not saying Heisman, but I think he, I think he <laughs> I Heisman there. I'm clipping that as Heisman. Yeah. Hopefully
0: locked on Bay where no context does not clip that. And just taking Daquan Finn Heisman next to each other. Let's let's hope that doesn't happen.
1: What let's, are the odds? Like what does FanDuel have it right now? Ah, well, can, that's okay. a good
0: question. That is a good question. Of what FanDuel's got it at. Uh so you're telling me he's a smart quarterback too, which I like to hear. And making an offensive line look better is big bonus because I I fear he is gonna need to do that. But what I'm more wondering is, what kind of quarterback is he like? Like, Who can we compare him to? Let's talk about that after this. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber. You're not burning cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. All right, Brandon. So you talked about he, he is a legitimate dual threat guy. He has a good arm, but probably not as good as he thinks it is. So is, are we looking at a guy who can go up to the next level and be a game manager, which is totally fine, or can he be a kind of transcendent style quarterback? And what I mean by that is not necessarily RG3 Heisman, but one who can keep the defense on
1: their toes all by himself. Yeah, I I definitely think that you have to show some respect that he's not going to be RG3. It's just, not, yeah. I can tell you that one now. Damn. But I, I think you look at him as a dual threat who can, again, he's, he's not going to be a world beater, but I think you look at someone like, as much as I hate to make like another big 12 comparison, um, I'm not saying Baylor, I was just going to say someone like I think of Maybe a, a Max Duggan type, which isn't like a world leader, okay. but, but I think it's respectable. Again, I think he's capable of doing it also. I think maybe like a Max Duggan type, just without the power to his game, a little mm-hmm. bit shiftier. And I think he brings that to the table, absolute toughness. Like he, he's smart. He's going to go out of bounds. He's going to slide, might try to get a little too risky at times. He definitely gave me some heart attacks. I, oh, I will tell geez. you that. Um, but that's just, that's the fan in me. But I think that you look at someone like that and you go, all right if we build around him, like he's capable of winning football games and Max up and went to the college football Cause players. they won a lot of football games, man. Yeah. So <laughs> I that. think it's something that if you build around him like that, you can kind of, he can help you compete. And I think that he's going to instantly raise Baylor's floor for this coming season. Love that. And, and I do, I
0: like that comparison because what I've watched from him mostly highlights, not all 22 tapes, but I, I was thinking, Hmm, I'm going to get skewered for saying this. But he looks like just a, uh, I've been using the term diet version, but like a diet version of a Colt McCoy, which I think is similar to. I mean, Max Duggan is a poor man's Colt McCoy. Of, um, he's a guy who can get out of the pocket. Um, again, same thing. Not a huge arm, but can make the throws. Um, is a smart quarterback. Uh, he knows when to throw it away. Hopefully, has better timing of throwing it away than Colt McCoy did. <laughs> Thinking back to that 9 Big 12 championship game where he almost single-handedly cost Texas a shot in the championship. Uh, but okay, so that that makes that makes some sense. So my next question: of you've you've seen a lot of him on tape at Toledo, was there a moment early on in his career, or maybe even later? where you were like, man, thank God we
1: got this kid. He is different. I think a lot of his freshman year, he showed moments because he didn't have, I I don't think that his offensive line or not his freshman year, his first year as a starter. I don't think his offensive line back then was as good as it is currently. And he works with an offense that they require you to spread it out. They require you to be able to throw the ball. And when he first came in, he didn't start the year as the starter. he, He had the, Play a couple snaps here and there against Norfolk and stuff like that, and try to like rotate in. But as he got more experience and more comfortable, he made some great plays. Like, I, I look at the Bowling Green game early in his career, which, if you're new to the rivalry, which I'm Big, certain everyone watching this is, uh, yeah, Toledo Bowling Green, like that's. That's our blue bonnet
0: game, right Yes, there. yes, what a reference! Yes, <laughs>
1: that, hopefully, that's no not... players
0: transfer between the two like we had this weekend. I uh,
1: hope, yeah. hope not. I remember seeing that, and I was like, Really? Oh, that rubbed me the wrong that's way. That's the decision, but yeah. um, yeah, for Toledo Bowling Green, our battle of I 75 is what we call it. That's that's what we look forward to every single year. There, there's he, I mean. Toledo won this year and it was at Bowling Green and Toledo's fans stormed the field. Like it's that kind of disrespectful thing. And for for me, that was one of his biggest performances of that season. He threw for, I think almost 300 or maybe he passed 300, but it it was a great performance for him to be kind of game managing, but also like making some plays. You were like, all right, you're, you're testing downfield a little bit more. Cause again, at the time, he was three games into his starting career and and playing against a big rival. And so for me, that's the moment where I was like, okay, like Daquan Finn is someone that I love. Like I, it's as simple as that. I will love him until the day I die. And that's kind of the approach that that I've taken where he he showed up and that started, if I'm not mistaken, that started like a big stretch of him having high performance games and making big plays. So for me, it's, it's going to be that Bowling green game in 2021. I think it was his
0: first year starting Perfect, man. We need someone who could beat the rivals. It's been a long time, man. If he, if when we just play TCU and, and put Bowling Green stickers on their helmets or something to, to help him do that, that would, that would be fantastic. But Hey, Toledo does get better hand on the football field. Bowling Green does have one member of the miracle on ice team to Toledo zero. So Look, that's a tough. I know you're a New York guy. I, I didn't want to bring that up, but I just had to put it out there for the visitor or the listeners who were dying to hear that. Um, so okay, so early on in his career, he's he's letting you know that that he's different. And the success followed. Like I know Toledo is is always a good program. They're they're always winning football games. It had been, I think, one trip to the Mac championship game, if I'm not mistaken, from 04. To 2022, he takes you there two years in a row. You win it in 22. He's the MAC Player of the Year in 23. How much of his rise coincided with Toledo kind of getting to that next level?
1: Oh, a ton. Like you, you look at the players that have either come to Toledo since DaQuan Finn got named starter, or have left Toledo, and you know they had significant rises. You look at. Matt Landers was someone who was at Georgia, then went to Toledo and finally put it together as a receiver. And then he went to Arkansas and then the NFL. Um, but a lot of that also was just with Daquan Finn's skill set and their chemistry. They had, uh, you look at just this season for Toledo and it was like Penny Boone who had a phenomenal year this past year as a running back, just, just lit it up. And so much of that opened up because of Daquan Finn, like, like he elevates the players around him. But I think a lot of it, I, if you have a pocket passer, I don't think Penny Boone has the year that he had. Because I think that having Daquan Finch, second leading rusher for the team this yeah. year. Yes. For Toledo. Like, like He did so much with his legs that opened up everything else. Like I mentioned, the offensive line already. I think the best offensive line, he makes them look even better. And him being able to operate that offense at a high level, which we've seen for Toledo, when you have a guy who can operated at a high level it's like no other like that system is great there's a reason Miami was trying to bring Jason Candle in as offensive coordinator when they hired Mario Cristobal when you can get that offense churning you look at uh, I think it was 2017 with Logan Woodside when they went to the MAC championship the first time under Jason Candle and it was oh high quarterback play brought everybody else up for Toledo It, it brought this whole offense up and defense has always been pretty stout for as long as I've been Uh, following Toledo since I went there in 2014. Um, But the offense finally picking up with players like Daquan Finn and like Logan Woodside a few years ago, it's clear that quarterback play there is really what elevates the play. And that's what Daquan Finn did these past three years. Toledo has been phenomenal. Uh, Lost the MAC championship in a game that just sucked this year, Um, at least for me. But I, I do think that a lot of the recent success can be attributed to Daquan Finn and what he brings to the table for the Rockets. And
0: I love hearing that because there's no premium. They're like, there's no price you can put on a guy who makes his teammates better and makes his team better. And Bayward just needs that in the worst kind of way. I mean, Bayward's had good quarterback play the last couple of years, but I used the term, which I used earlier in the show, but yesterday I used the term transcendent. They just didn't have anything that, that elevated the team. So This is great to hear, and I'm going to mention a stat here just for those of you, if you're tuning into Daquan Finn for the first time, it doesn't have anything to do with my next question to you, Brandon, but I have to put it out there, okay? Because over the last two years, there have only been four FBS quarterbacks, just four, who have had 18-plus passing touchdowns and seven rushing touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. Those quarterbacks are Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jordan Travis, and Daquan Finn. And if you want to bump that up to those numbers, again, of 18-plus passing touchdowns and 7-plus rushing touchdowns in each of the last three seasons, the number goes down from 4 to 1. And that person is Daquan Finn. So my last question to you, Brandon, why are Baylor fans going to love having Daquan Finn on their team?
1: Watch him play one time. If you haven't watched him play yet, if you're a Baylor fan, watch him play one game. And just watch what he watch what he does. It's it's so clear that he's lightning in a bottle. I don't care home run threat, whatever, whatever cliched term you want to use, you're gonna watch him play and you're gonna be like, okay, we we have someone who's immediately making this program better. And I think that if you don't like that, then you're not an actual fan of whatever team you say you're a fan of, because uh yeah. pretty, pretty important part there. But I think it's truly just he will make huge plays. And again, like I said, he'll he'll take risks that I wouldn't take personally because uh, I can't throw the ball to save my life. But he, w- he will take risks that you're like, oh, that was wild. But he will make far more big plays where you could attribute it to like a Josh Allen type with the Bills where you're like, all right, you're going to make some boneheaded decisions, but man, you're going to make some spectacular plays that I will take every negative with because there's going to be so many positives from him. I'll take
0: that. I'll take that. Now, Brandon, you are the Daquan Finn expert. You are also the Locked On Gators host. You'll be covering a, a Baylor target next year, DJ Lagway, unfortunately. Um, but wh- you do have something else that you've got going on in the media circles that I think some fans here, even at Baylor, would love to follow along with. Can you tell them what it is and where to
1: find it? Yeah. Um. I mean, I got, I've got a whole nine sports with NFL 33 on Substack. On Substack, if you want to look at that, where we do strictly nfl draft content um and and that's mostly also giants country with uh si if you're a giants fan which i just want to point out if you're a giants fan and a baylor fan or you're like me and you're a giants fan and a gators fan your life is not good this year and i'm so sorry to hear yeah, that probably being a baylor fan and a patriots fan and then having a giants fan on your oh so, boo-hoo. force uh, like yeah y- yeah yeah Oh, four Super Bowls it's not fun,
0: man. Second. We just won by accident last Good. week. We're going to miss the number one pick.
1: Good. Only Good. we I'm can glad. mess
0: this up. I hope we just you... can't help
1: but beating the Steelers. It just happens every time. Tommy DeVito just took my team out of competition for, for a top 10 pick, really. like So I don't want to hear that. All right. At least yours is the guy that might start. Mine is Tommy DeVito.
0: <laughs> Got to love him. Got to love him. Whole nine sports is where to find him at WNS underscore Brandon, the official Daquan Finn expert joining us today. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for allowing me to talk Daquan Finn.
0: I love talking Daquan Finn. Baylor's got another guy coming in that just announced that this week. We're going to talk about him coming up after this. And yes, Daquan Finn isn't the only guy who has committed to Baylor early in this week. Bears have actually had a couple of signings. And look, this is... This is positive. You know, it's not earth-shattering. You still need to bring in some offensive linemen, but this has been a good couple of days for Bears fans in terms of the players they are bringing in. Now, I'm going to get this this guy out there first because I'm going to butcher the name, so just stick with me here. Tonga Loloya. Loloia. Tonga Loloia. Loloia. Tonga Loloia. Tonga Loloia loloia tonga lolo no probably tonga loloia tonga loloia a news (laughs) god this is tough for me guys tonga (laughs) lolo tonga loloia loloia tonga loloia nose tackle from tyler junior college 6'4 325 pounds And as I was reading from the article, the way our Daily Bears puts it is that is a gigantic human. That is a big kid coming up to plug up the middle. Baylor needs some real help on the defensive line as much as they do on the offensive line. um, I would love to see some more pass rushers on this team, um, but they also need help in the middle. I mean, they didn't have a real true nose tackle this year, um, and that's not any player's fault. I just don't know if they had the 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 build or or the prototype of a nose tackle to come in here and so now they do with Tonga Laloia. <laughs> bang. uh so that's a that's a big add um in terms of a positional need. I don't I don't know how much he's going to light it up. I don't know how much he'll play this year, but um coming coming from the junior college ranks, but that is a positional need for Baylor. Another positional need they had have to a certain extent still is safety. Um The corners, they're very young, but they've got some guys there, including Caden Jenkins, who is a freshman All-American. And Baylor thought, well, you know, there's this kid, Cameron Jenkins, twin brother of Caden Jenkins. He plays safety out at UNLV. He's now a Baylor Bear. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Perfect sense. Uh, Cameron Jenkins, like I said, safety, so not corner like his brother did get some playing time this year, uh, appears in 10 games for the running Rebs. He has 32 tackles, a couple of pass breakups, bang, need a safety, young safety, three years of eligibility left. You got one. And what I'm hoping for is the ball skills that his brother Caden has, because that's something that Baylor has not had the last two seasons the Jackers and Robbers that we heard about in 2021. This might get confusing, but stick with me here. Not all great defenses are great at forcing turnovers. Not all great turnover teams are great defenses, but they help each other out both times, (laughs) both times. And if Baylor had a few more guys who could make plays on the ball this year, the defense certainly wouldn't have been ranked 120th. And one of the guys that definitely had those skills was Caden Jenkins. I mean, Uh, The picks that he made this year, uh, even the opportunistic plays that he makes on the ball with recovering that fumble against TCU, um, he's a ball hawk. And if his twin brothers, anything like that, then that is a big boost for Baylor. Um, He has not redshirted yet, so um, Cameron Jenkins still could redshirt. But three years of eligibility left, he's coming in for the future. We know Caden Jenkins has committed himself to the future as well. So the Jenkins brothers are going to take over Waco, man. I mean, this could be exactly what Baylor needs. Those foundational pieces and, um, and you know, the, the guy who commits to stay, bringing in his brother and, and certainly lifting up spirits in the locker room, um, is all something that is positive for Baylor and having these young defensive backs kind of, uh, bonding together and having their own core on the defense, I think will pay dividends for Baylor at some point. I I hope it's sooner rather than later, but they are all young. So Uh, we will certainly see with that. But positives, man. Three guys in the last, in in about a 24-hour span, less of of Taquan Finn and Cameron Jenkins and Daquan Finn, sorry. Daquan Finn, Cameron Jenkins, and the nose tackle from Tyler Junior College. Tonga. Laloia. Laloia. Easy. Uh, And I, I hope that will lead to Baylor... Forcing teams into mistakes on the defensive side. Uh, again, I, I think that's something that was lacking, of course, this year. and there was many, plenty more holes in in the defense this year, but it was really lacking last year with a team with a defense that on paper was much better than the one this year, but they had a tough time getting off the field because they couldn't they couldn't force turnovers. And uh, it was that was the biggest difference from the twenty twenty one defense to the twenty two defense, and that was why there was such a stark. Uh, difference in all the counting numbers, the, the points per game, the the yards allowed per game. All of that, um, I think, was the child of not being able to force a bunch of turnovers on defense. So let me know what you think about this. I, I, I think it's nice to have um, another ball playing defensive back in there. Now, what is interesting about Cameron Jenkins is he did not get a Baylor offer out of high school. That is bizarre. I mean, he was a an all district player. He he did get some uh, either PWOS or offers from schools like Iowa or SMU and I think, Mississippi State might have been the other one. I think there was an SEC school in there. So it's not like he was just a no a no chip prospect. He wasn't as high a, prospect, a highly touted a prospect as his brother was, but neither was Donovan Duvernay, and he got to get to Baylor and UT because of Devin DuVernay. So it is a little weird that um, he didn't even get an offer from Baylor, but hey, credit to the kid. He didn't have the offer last year. He impressed enough this year that he does have a spot on the team and, and good for him, man. Um, we, we want players that are on the ascent like that. And I certainly think his, his brother Caden is that way too, even though he had a very strong freshman year. So building blocks. Building blocks for this Baylor team and a great start to get this defense out of the hole that it was already in. Let me know what you think. What do you think about Cameron Jenkins coming in? What do you think about Tonga Laloia coming in? What do you think about Daquan Finn if you haven't told me already? Did Brandon kind of get you on the side of Daquan Finn? We're going to have more tomorrow. It's going to be a Duke preview, baby. Baylor men's basketball back at it, looking for a bounce back win. I might have changed my mind about this team going deep in the tournament again. So stick around. We're going to preview that game against Duke tomorrow on Locked on Baylor.